Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Luke chapter 1. For the sake of time, let's read verses 18 through 22. 18 through 22. Then some of you, we'll let you be seated. Some of you want to be seated for a while. And I know that. I walked by these boys in the front. I said, sit down, boys. Give some of them hope. And they sat down and kind of looked at me. And I said, okay, get back up. That's fine. Just... <laughs> It's hard. It, it's almost just hard to sit down here. It's just almost hard. It's, it's something's happening. But whether you're sitting or whether you're standing or whether you're running, or whether you're dancing, do it all unto the Lord. Amen. Verse 18, Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. My wife is stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. That's how I think we usually read it. I think we usually read it. I am Gabriel. I think, I think this is the way it sounded. He said, how will I know? And the angel answering said, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, not able to speak. You want a sign? I'll give you a sign. Since you talk so foolish, I won't let you talk for a while. Not able to speak until the day these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zechariah and, and marveled that he tarried long in the temple. He had a responsibility to do, but he was taking an exceptionally long time to get it accomplished. When he came out, he, he could not speak unto them. I don't want to be insensitive about this. He was nonverbal. He, he could not speak, and they, they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. Here's why. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. He beckoned unto them and remained speechless. If you'll let me, uh, I, I'm going to try to title this in a way maybe you can remember it. I wanna, I'm going to preach about trusting God, that God was giving us away this series that we're launching into on a voice crying in the wilderness. But I want to preach it under this thought, the day Zacharias played charades. Tried to get them, tried to get them to understand. It's hard to get some people to understand what you've experienced. You know, God can have an absolute blessing for your life 
it is 100% coming and you still not be able to clearly communicate it to other people? That's why their acceptance of your miracle cannot be what dictates its fulfillment. There's people in this room right now, you need an absolute physical miracle. We've got reports this week of people that need absolute physical miracles. I'm going to tell somebody right now, your miraculous encounter is not predicated upon the belief of somebody else. No, it's not. God is able. God is able. In fact, just had a, a, a meeting up here just a, a couple of minutes ago. Brother Campbell came up to me and he said, my, my cousin, remember we, we prayed for him. The doctors gave him a 1% chance of survival. 1% chance. Laid up in that hospital on a vent for all those weeks. He said, he's in rehab. I just wanted to let you know he's in rehab. The church. What is impossible with men has a tendency to be a launching pad for God. Throw your hands towards heaven and pray with me for a moment. Would you, God, let your word go forward with liberty and authority. There is no, there is no lack of power in this word. There is no lack of strength. Your name is all powerful. Your word is all powerful. You, you are moving in this place. There are men and women that need to do more than go through motions of church attendance in this service. I pray that you would help me to preach with wisdom, with clarity, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, oh God, that you would move upon us in this house. We're asking for your help in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone shout amen. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Zacharias, he was not, he was not playing charades. He was trying to convince them. In communication, studies have shown only 13% is actually verbal. Only 13% is actually your words. The remainder is used up by your gestures and even the tone you place upon those words themselves. Your nonverbals and then the inflection of tone within those verbals. Some of you in here are better salesmen, saleswomen than others. Some of you could sell almost anything. I am baffled by the fact that he questions Gabriel. He questions Gabriel. But some people are better salesmen than others. Let me point to our own history here in the United States of America, if I can. Imagine that in the year 1889, a man by the name of Henry Ford was able to secure $150,000 in loans, 1889. Do the math equation. Put that in today's terminology. You got to be able to sell your product real well. 
Some of you are thinking, well, $150,000 ain't that big of a deal. Others are thinking, I couldn't rake up $150,000 now. I couldn't convince, it wasn't his, it was the investment of other people. 1889, he gets $150,000 worth of capital investment. The problem is, Brother Sleva, he lost it all. I don't even, I hate to ask this question, but I, I bet there's a few witnesses in the house that have been lended some money. I ain't talking about like $5 from your buddy and lended some money and then lost at business ventures. Some of that is very raw. It's very real. But he was such a salesman that he went back to his investors and he convinced them with a little more time. And a little more money. I can make this happen. And they invested again. Brother Hauk, they, 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 they rallied together and they reinvest with him. And in 1901, he lost it all. Again. I don't know about you. I'm not giving him anything else. Henry, I'm done giving you money. But a third time. That's the kind of person that when you see them coming, you go the other way. You know what Henry wants. Henry wants your money. Henry, you took my money. Henry said, no, 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 no. Listen, you got to trust me. Trust you. You got to trust me. I've got this plan. It, it's going to be, here's where we went wrong. I've got this plan. We're going to call it, watch this, going to blow your mind. We're going to call it an assembly line. Now, we think that's old hat now. We think everybody knows about an assembly line. Somebody had to come up with it first. And they took this process and put it into place for vehicles. And in 1903, when that Model T rolled out, all those investors looked brilliant. <laughs> How did you know? I just knew he had it in him. <laughs> Same people who no doubt had been squabbling and fussing, maybe cussing. They were mad, but they believed in him. And so they continued to invest. One of the greatest faults we can ever do is stop investing in people if they do not succeed the first time. Let me ask a question in the house. How many of us would still be here today if people would have stopped investing their time, energy, and, and even money into us when we failed the first time? How many would admit you would not be here? And I've got news for everybody, whether you know it or admit it or not, none of us would be here if God had stopped his investment in us. But God is not bound by the opinions of men. God is not bound. I love what Pastor Lopez said after he was baptized today. He is not who he was because when we get in Christ, we become a new, a new 
creature. Yes, we do. We're, we're made a new creation. We, we are not who we used to be. But we are still human. Now he is walking in to the tabernacle. We're talking thousands of priests. This is not a daily responsibility. This is his shot, you know. This is his chance. He's got his suit just right. He's got everything in order. He's going to be in the inner place of the temple. He is going to be doing his priestly routine. Isn't it amazing how shocking it was that deep in the temple an angel appeared? If this was normal, it would have been conversation. But the senior, he would have been expecting it. Let me pause and ask this question. How many times do we come to church with low expectation of spiritual encounter? God forbid we ever get our, our, our outfit on and get in the car and go through all the work to get here without the expectation that something spiritual is going to occur. I pray and ask God, help my expectation to be high. I'm glad to see you. I want to see you. In fact, if you're not here, it bothers me. I want to see you, but more than seeing one another, we need to have an anticipation, an expectation that when we get into the house of God, there will be a visitation from the heavenlies. Let me say it in a normal Pentecostal term. I want the glory of God to descend on Calvary Tabernacle. When we gather in this place, I want us to know it will be more than flesh and bone that gathers into the tabernacle. There'll be angels among us. There will be a visitation of the supernatural. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. But the Holy Ghost is here every time we show up. And he begins to talk to Gabriel. Maybe you're different. God doesn't give me stuff like that. Brother Watkins, if, if you had that privilege, I would. In fact, if I called you and I said, What were you doing? And you said, You know what? Gabriel came by. Nobody in the room, maybe a couple, very few people would even believe you. Very few people would even believe that Brother Watkins had been talking to Gabriel. He's in the temple and all of a sudden overwhelmed because there's the angel. I don't know how he talked. Don't you want to know how he talked? God has heard your prayer. Awesome. Fantastic. You kind of startled me. You snuck, snuck up on me. Woo. Snuck up, snuck up on me there a little bit. Could have made the curtains creak or something. Let me know you were coming. God's heard your prayer. You're going you're to be blessed. Oh, praise God. The blessing and the prayer seem historically like they must have been so old to Zechariah by this point. It seems like the prayer was an outdated prayer by the response of the priest. 
He said, the Lord has heard your prayer. Your wife is going to have a child. His first response is doubt. Please catch this. I don't know that he had prayed that prayer in a while. But every prayer that is attached to his will has perfect timing tied to it. Has anybody been given a blessing from God that you even wanted 10 or 20 years earlier? But looking back, the you then couldn't have handled that blessing then. But he gave you what you wanted in the right time. I'm going to tell you, God has given some of us some things that if we would have got it back then, we would have thought we accomplished it. Listen to me, Zach. I need to tell you, he heard your prayer, but your maturity and your, your lifestyle and the timing of the environment was not ready. There's been a time in play. There's been a messianic promise in place for a long time. And just because you prayed for this miracle, you had the right thought but the wrong time. I knew you were a vessel, knew you were the vessel, but I couldn't cash your prayer in until the timing was right. Let me just pause here and give some people a word in this place. There might be prayers you prayed 20 or 30 years ago that God is just now about ready to answer. And when he does, it will not be because you prayed it articulate in such a way that it impressed people around you. He'll probably take you back to some nose-snotting, ear-jerking, just, just, just everything, tear-jerking. Just kind of, You know the kind of prayer you didn't care that anybody was watching? Yeah! Worst thing you could ever do is get so dignified about your prayers that you're more concerned with how people hear them than how God hears them. I think every now and then you need to just pray unashamedly and don't worry about the way anybody, like Hannah drunk in the, God, let it be done. And, the, and he shows up and said, Zach, listen, I heard the prayer and the audacity of the statement boggles my mind. How will I know? Come on, read the humor in the text. How will you know? What do you mean if an angel ever wanted to hit a man? How will... I am Gabriel, presence of God. You know Gabriel had to be thinking, are you sure this is him? I'm on a mission from you because his faith didn't seem high and it was blamed on his age. It was blamed on her age. 
finally got to the place in their old age where they had reasoned away the insult and the false thinking of a previous generation that because she was barren, it was against the blessing of God. That was a lie. It was built to be such, but it was a false truth. It was not accurate. Elizabeth just lived for God in a generation and in a time of life where it was hard for her and her husband to simply be pleasing to God. There was so much going on. There was so much turning religion into something that was absolutely ungodly, but they found favor anyway. They were faithful. Sometimes you got to be faithful in your barrenness. Man, I feel like preaching that for a minute. Sometimes you got to be barren when nothing is being produced, when there is nothing growing and there is nothing showing up. And for anybody that simply thinks I'm talking physical, let me get to that place where some of us are living. Even when the finances are not flowing, you must produce prayer. Even when... Oh yes, even when the job is no good, you must be producing godliness. Even when the family is a mess, you must be producing something, a consistent walk with God. What was it about Zachariah and Elizabeth? I'll tell you what it was. They were found pleasing before God. They had a covenant with the Lord. Whether he opens the womb or not, he's good. Whether he blesses us like we want to be blessed or not, he is good. And it would do everybody well to recognize whether I get the blessings that I want I am still blessed because I know Jehovah I know who Jesus is I know I might not have blessing by the world's standards but I am blessed on Monday I am blessed on Tuesday I am blessed I don't drive the biggest car but I'm blessed you might not live in the biggest house but you're blessed you might not be the most sophisticated but you're blessed and on every Sunday we walk in this house not worrying about what anybody else says not worrying about what anybody else does because we are blessed if you believe that you ought to just give God praise in your own way right now You ought to remind the Lord, I know I'm blessed. If I haven't told you in a while, forgive me. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. Brother Kilman, old Zach wasn't getting to do this very often, was he? He wasn't getting to just walk in there every day and do this. Who wants to go to church when he ain't even answer your prayers? Much less serve. Yet anybody in this room that's ever served as a volunteer even before the Lord, you know what it's like to show up and try to encourage her people when you need to encourage yourself. <laughs> Let me drag some of them Sunday school teachers out here. I'll tell you, there's times they had to walk in with animal crackers and fruit punch and smile real big, talk to them about how you you. They ain't feeling much love. Any preacher besides me ever had to preach about healing when you didn't get your own? Because the goodness of God does not ebb and flow with my mood or my personal situation. 
Man, I feel like talking to somebody. If you will convince yourself to do what's right, even when you don't feel good, even when you don't feel like you got your answer, he can find you where you are. I promise you he will find you in your faithfulness. He will find you in your faithfulness. I'm going to say it again. He will find you in your faithfulness. If he did it once, he can do it again. I'm going to throw a blanket statement out here right now. He can heal cancer. He can deliver. He can deliver heartache. He can replace your, your overwhelming mood and spirit. He will find you faithful. Somebody shout faithful. He's a faithful God and he's drawn to faithfulness. Zach, what are you doing? I'm doing my job. It's a high honor to do my job. There's thousands of people. Tap somebody else in. You didn't even get your prayer. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I, I, I feel the need to do this, so I'm, I'm going to. If you're here, and you've had to learn how to love God with an unfulfilled prayer request. I want you to stand to your feet. You've had to learn how to love God with an unfulfilled prayer request. You've prayed for something that still hasn't happened. I just wanted to prove to everybody else that the devil lies to you. You're not the minority. You're the majority. You're the majority. I wish we'd turn our attention towards God and say thank you for being faithful no matter what. Thank you for knowing where I'm at, what I need, and when I need it. Somebody shout thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. And when he shows up, it seems like pitiful timing. If I'm Ozak, I'm saying, why now? Why now? They, they have made fun of us all these years. Not to our face, but I know what they've said about my wife. All these years. And now I'm too old. I need a sign. <laughs> I'll give you a sign. Shut up. That's what he said. Well, he said it nicer. That's what he said. Thou shalt be dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ain't talking. I'm not talking. I mean, you, you, you just be quiet. And he goes out. Listen, this whole encounter with the angel. Whole encounter. Not with Gabe. With Gabriel. This is a big deal. It's a big, this is a big audience. And then leaves and can't talk about it. And they're in the crowd going, deep and wide, deep and wide.
<laughs> and while humorous, I'm going to tell you, you college kids need to hear this. I've been through a lot of occurrences with God. I could never really articulate. I couldn't quite, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't. God gave me a promise. The promise was not just for Zachariah. The promise was for his wife. The, pro the promise is for Elizabeth. Can you imagine his desire to run to her and say, I've heard. And he could say nothing. She's going to talk to her friends. I don't know what happened. His mind's not been right since he went in. He went in. I think he went in too deep. He went in. He got in the holy area and something happened to him. He's not talking as much and that's not bothering me because he was yappy. But... I don't want any wives praying for that. I don't want any. <laughs> but she intact is going to become a part of the recipient because you cannot be closely linked with someone that your miracle does not affect. And as we launch in this October family focus and as we're working on this, I want husbands to be blessed, but I want spouses to be blessed also. I want the family unit to be blessed. And that's what God is giving here. But there is very specific language in his, there is very specific language in, in what the Lord begins to say here. And, 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 and I want us to look here, go to Luke chapter one, open your Bible if you have it with you. Verse 13, the angel said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He's not going to drink wine nor straw drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Woo! And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Listen, we start to get Zechariah, just in case you miss this, I'm not giving you the baby for you. It'll bless you, but he ain't for you. You know, there, there needs to be a reawakening of the fact that everything we are designed for is the will and purpose of God. It's why we dedicate children unto the Lord like we did here two weeks ago. They might grow up to be a preacher. They might grow up to be a doctor. But whatever they grow up to be, let them be in the will of God. And he tells him, John, he's going he's gonna to be John, Zechariah. You need to know this. Filled with the Holy Ghost, even from the womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Look at verse 17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. What? Oh, yeah. Zach, he's going to be bad to the bone. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. 
and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. One of his roles, Zechariah, is he is going to get fathers who have given up on children. Just like you thought you could give up on your prayer. Just like you thought your prayer was dead, there are a group of children, a generation that has risen, and they're not, it's not saying they're simply disobedient to parents. What it's talking about is a restoration. They're turning from the things of God. And he said, I'm sending a forerunner. I am sending a voice in the wilderness. I'm sending someone who will unashamedly come on the scene and preach like a maniac. Imagine that. All these years you wanted a baby. And when you're finally told that your baby is coming, you're told a bunch of people won't like him. But the Lord is going to love him. Ladies and gentlemen, it has never been about the popularity of the world. It's never been about getting the opinions of the world to turn and say, oh, I like John. I like John. It's never been about that. He's coming for a specific purpose. You prayed and it wasn't time. Now it is time. I'm going to open her barren womb. I'm going to give you a child. And you're not going to talk because you question until the baby's finally born. Five months of hiding. And the baby's born. And you can't figure out. And they're trying to figure out a name. And you run out and you ride on the job. And all of a sudden. Because he was, until he was ready to verbalize the impossible as possible. I'm not going to let you talk until you're ready to make sure that your verb, <laughs> your verbal expression is in line with what the world calls impossible. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, we are at a day and an age and an hour when it's time to start speaking the impossible as possible again. I mean the impossible as possible again. That 1% that Brother Campbell told me about, here we are. We're, I mean tens of thousands will end up getting the broadcast of this service. I want them to know he is the God of the impossible. If you need healing, we believe in it. If you need God to dry up that cancer, we believe in it. You know, we didn't do what we did here last Sunday night, bringing those needs and laying them before the Lord because I thought it would be a cute illustration. It's because I had heard from God. It's because I was reminded that if we will trust in the word of the Lord, he can develop and deliver. He can develop and deliver. I'm going to say it again. He can develop and deliver. I thank God for what he is developing at Calvary Tabernacle. But when this thing really gets delivered, it's going to blow everybody's mind. When it really gets delivered, it's going to be something that is not intimidated in the face of the world. You talk about the highways and the hedges. John, when he was delivered, would become a man that would say, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And what God is trying to develop and deliver in you will be about his purpose. Yeah. 
and his mission. Stand with me in the house. Mm. <laughs> God has always had a plan. John is one of my favorite individuals in the text. I, I just love the audacity of John. Wouldn't you, any of you mothers, wouldn't you have loved to have been there when Mary, when Mary goes to visit her, and Elizabeth goes, whoa! The baby leapt within, the baby leapt within, but what was the prophecy? Even from the womb. They talked womb to womb, promise to promise. Well, how's that happen? That's impossible. It's all impossible. That's why I'm so baffled by people that want to pick and choose the parts they believe. How are you going to reason him away? We got to stop reasoning God away lest he, lest he choose not to develop. I want him to develop something in me that everybody has to know that was God and God alone. I, I want him to deliver some things in our family. He other book. Come on, don't we want him to develop and deliver some things? And for anybody here right now that you say, I want it. I just don't even know how to say it. I don't. Let me tell you what. This will get you a long ways. God does have some sense of purpose in silence. He wrote it into eternity. It's going to be a part of it. It's And if it's been so long that you were so in awe of God that you couldn't. Then we need a big miracle to hit you. We need a big miracle. I'm ready for miracles so big that it does almost make us question. Her. It wasn't because he was unfaithful. If he would have been unfaithful, they would have never been chosen. He was a man of faith. She was a woman of faith. But the miracle was so big. The miracle was so overwhelming. God, I wish you would trust us with something so big. I wish you'd trust us with something so big. Woo! I want you to worship all over this house. I'm telling you, I feel, I feel something sweeping in this room. If you're in this room and, and you're ready, I want somebody to step out of your pew and walk to the altar and say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I need to get into the place where you can speak in a way you've never spoke to me. I need you to, I need you to bring a fulfillment to this. 
Come on, from all over this house. There's a few that you haven't been to the altar maybe in a little while. And he's calling you, he's calling you, he's calling you. You're even wrestling with yourself right now. Because it's out of your comfort zone, but he's calling you. If you come to the altar, I want you to press all the way into the steps because many are trying to make it down. If you can't make it down front and you want to find an altar in your pew, you can. But I want you to ask God, will you trust me? Come on, let's sing. Let's pray.